Welcome to Piecing It All Together. I'm Randy Woodley. I'm Bo Sanders. We're Piecing It All Together. Join us. Today is episode 34, and our topic is progress. Progress? Yeah. Are we progressives? (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about. I don't know if we can say that for sure that things are progressing in a positive way, and that we can guarantee or be maybe even optimistic that things will inherently progress without our difficult work, our labor. Yeah, that sounds right. But if we work really hard, are we sure that we're progressing towards the right end? So that's what I wanted to talk with you about. I know that you don't necessarily buy the myth of progress. I don't buy the myth of progress because Western civilization um, uh, negates all the progress that was here before they arrived. So um, so maybe different reasons. Yes. Um, the whole idea that uh, we were... You know, ignorant savages hiding behind trees rather than um, teachers and philosophers and uh, rhetoricians and, uh, you know, uh, doctors and surgeons and all of those things uh, in uh, cities and um, uh, urban centers and, uh, you know, that the idea that uh, that we were not complex people in and uh, that now we are complex people, or we weren't a civilization, but now we are, is, is mostly why I have a problem with the myth of progress. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Christianity has been one of the main carriers of that myth as well. Aha. Uh-huh. So we are going to get into it today, and we're glad, listener, that you're here. Thank you for uh, selecting and downloading and listening to this episode. We are loving the conversation. Uh, our most recent episode was about ally do's and don'ts, and yeah. it's already getting good feedback. Ah, I haven't, I haven't listened to that yet. <laughs> and we've also picked up a couple new Patreon supporters, so we want to say thank you to those of you who have joined us and are supporting us financially. We really appreciate it, and uh, we are very much looking forward to our March second, that Saturday morning. March 2nd, Zoom chat with our Patreon supporters. Yeah, and that, after I come back from Ojai. Yeah, you're headed down to SoCal. Yeah, SoCal, Ojai, those Boy, are... It is beautiful down there, man. Is it? Because it looked like it was raining and about oh. the same temperature as here. So <laughs> I'm like, man, don't cheat me out of this time down in Southern California. <laughs> you need some sun. I need, you need some, some sun. Oh, my gosh. Soak in and some dry days. Yeah, so we're Edith and I are... Lead animators at the uh, Bartimaeus Kinsler Institute, otherwise known as Ched Myers and Elaine Inns. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, annual thing that they do, and uh, it's going to be exciting. It's on indigenous language, law, and uh, yeah, there's another word I can't remember, but it's all indigenous people. Um, Did you say animator or agitator? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never been an animator before, so. Um, it will be interesting uh, to to find out what an animator is, but I think it just means like they they hope that we play a, a, a significant yeah. role in that week. So you have been an agitator. I think I was born an agitator. <laughs> oh my goodness! But remember, an, an agitator in a washing machine is the thing that gets everything clean, right? That's how it gets so, done. Well, yeah. okay. Otherwise, you're just swirling water around. That's right. 
So, listeners, thank you for tuning in. We are loving these conversations, and we love when you post comments. So on Facebook, on our website, you can post if you're a Patreon supporter on Patreon. Uh, like our Facebook page and join that community. We just, by the way, topped 400 conversation partners on Facebook. Wow, that's significant. Yeah, they sent us a little celebration thing. So that is a, a milestone that we want to celebrate. All so, right. yeah. yeah, more and more people are coming to be a part of the conversation, and uh, especially in February as we crank out uh, these conversation topics, people will be able to share and join in and comment ahead of our March 2nd Zoom. Yeah, we're pretty much on a weekly schedule. Yeah, we're back on the weekly schedule after our Christmas break. Yeah. When uh, between travels and illness and um, all sorts of home shopping and all sorts of other things, we we took a little extended break uh, unexpectedly. Yeah. We're back. So it seems to be working. It's a good yeah. rhythm. Yeah. I like this. So I want to tell you a quick story about why I don't believe in progress, or okay. I, maybe I should say I don't identify as a progressive. Okay. So 10, 12 years ago, I would have been... Um, probably I would have identified as like maybe a, a charismatic evangelical or something like that. More conservative, definitely more conservative. And then uh, I got a little adventurous and I started learning some new ideas and I started encountering people from different cultures. And so my world expanded a little bit. And so I, I sort of migrated both my worldview, uh, my kind of my philosophy that I approach life with, uh, my perspective, my, my convictions, I even became political. That was a new development. But an interesting thing happened, which is, uh, unfortunately, once you are not a part of that conservative sort of um, environment, a lot of times people just chalk you, they just dismiss you as a liberal. Boom! <laughs> That's that trap door. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so... Uh, but I knew I wasn't living. In other words, in progressive terms, you say um, you're no longer a conversation partner. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh, once you come to different conclusions, people aren't that interested in how you got there. They just know that you ended up somewhere they don't want to go. Right. So, um, but I had to fight against this because I'm actually, even to this day, I'm not liberal. Even though I pastored a liberal church, it actually helps me get examples. Because liberal in its most like basic form, is basically the centering of the individual and their experience mm-hmm. to inform history and perspective. Mm-hmm. And so you can see like that's a really noble thing. In fact, there's an argument to be made. Not that really. I mean, it sounds really lonely to me. The liberal? Yeah. Oh, because it's focused centering, on the individual. Yeah, the individual. It's like, right. what, what, how could, what, do you got to come up with all the answers yourself? And you got to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's, it sounds the opposite of being tribal. That is probably true. Yes, I would say that the white equivalent it would probably be something like a communitarian, mm-hmm. primarily concerned with community. But yes, it's all within that liberal tradition okay. through the Enlightenment. But the reason I bring it up is that, that the re, it prioritizes the individual, and that is why I am not in will never be liberal, is that I think there's too much going on in our social matrix and the way we're formed, by the family we're born into, Mm -hmm. by the language that we learn, by our experiences, and that most things are socially constructed or mediated or interpreted. So I'm very much concerned with the social, not the individual. Right. So um, you're not a liberal. I'm not a liberal. You're not a progressive. Well, here's the thing. And you're not a conservative, and uh-huh. I, I won't even mention the E word. 
I didn't think you were going to say E word. I don't know. Evangelical. Oh, no, no, not, no, no. Okay, so let's find out what you All are, right. where are you at? So when I moved in that direction, I didn't know what to call it, so I just called myself a progressive. And I, I held on to that. It was a nice stepping stone for mm-hmm. a couple years. But I am growing increasingly um, leery of the idea that progress is guaranteed in history. Okay. That we can't say with certainty that things are getting better across the board. I mean, there have been medical improvements. There may have, you know, technology sometimes is very helpful. We may be coming to better understandings of things, right? But I am leery that um, the progressive assumption that, you know, and, and, and we've talked about this before, a lot of people like to quote the Martin Luther King Jr. quote that the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. Mm-hmm. And I understand why that is appealing. Mm-hmm. But when that is taken with an amount of certainty mm-hmm. and um, that so Martin Luther King was working towards that end. I don't like when people say that to me, you know, it, it's inevitable. It's only a matter of time. No, it's not. Right. So here was the, for me, where the death knell came on, on identifying, like, I, I opted out of the myth of progress. Because I think I had really bought into it. Yeah. So I just want to insert one thing, and yeah. that is that, you know, yes, we have made lots of progress, and you mentioned the medical sure. field. But we have also, because of uh, colonial impact, forgotten Tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of ways of healing because mm. of that. So, um, wow. Yeah, I, I, I would, uh, I don't know which is progress. I, I think that um, a lot of those things are lost forever, perhaps. Mm. A lot of, even the, the plant species are lost forever. Yeah. So, is that progress? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. You know, and it was actually in some of your classes when you would ask questions like this that planted the seed of doubt in me, you know, cause I gotta be honest, I really thought with the internet having unlimited access to knowledge and to other perspectives and to even people in different parts of the globe, I truly thought it was just a matter of time before we were all more accepting, more open, more loving, and the internet would sort of fix everything. I truly, I was so optimistic. Yeah. Uh, but the internet hasn't made things better. <laughs> and, and it's in, yeah, in some ways maybe, but in other ways right. we've gone backwards. So yeah, so, so and I also thought with Obama being elected that <laughs> we would be at the end of racism. <laughs> I didn't really. I knew better than that. Yeah, but okay. I remember that being said. That's so a good joke. Here, I know. <laughs> so here is uh, for me. Here was the the straw that broke the camel's back. Okay. So. Um, when I went to school, my thing was critical theory. That's sort of the thing I studied and the, mm-hmm. the, the perspective that I bought into. And I really love it. I mean, I'm, I'm deeply committed to it. And uh, one of the sort of historical uh, landmarks in critical theory was uh, during and after the Second World War, out of Germany, there was this group of people who were deeply suspicious of um, obviously of what was happening in Europe, mm-hmm. and so they were called the Frankfurt School. So it was like Adorno, Benjamin was one of them, um, was, but they were called the Frankfurt School. Okay. And uh, and Walter Benjamin had this painting that he had found. It was a lithograph or something. It was like a one-time painting, and uh, it was called the the New Angel, Angela Novus, and. Um, 
one of his friends had actually written an allegory about it, about this angel trying to resist history. And then Benjamin bought the painting. And uh, then he wrote this extended allegory based on it. And I wanted to read it to you. Oh, Because wow. I think it's, yeah, I think it's really, um, and I can link everybody to some good, like a Wikipedia page and some good stuff about uh, this angel of history, okay. but this really well, powerfully impacted me. I'll sit back and get comfortable and listen okay. to the allegory. All right. So uh, the painting is by a guy named Klee, and so this was uh, the extended thing that Benjamin wrote about it. Uh, the angel is looking, though he has, about to move away from something he is fixedly contemplating. His eyes are staring. His mouth is open. His wings are spread. This is how one pictures the angel of history. His face is turned towards the past. We, when, where we perceive a chain of events, he sees one single catastrophe, which keeps piling wreckage upon wreckage and hurls it in front of his feet. The angel would like to stay, awaken the dead, and make whole what has been smashed. But a storm is blowing in from paradise. It has got caught in his wings with such violence that the angel can no longer close them. The storm irresistibly propels him into the future to which his back is turned. While the pile of debris before him grows skyward, the storm is what we call progress. Hmm. So this is Benjamin's idea of history. And it really impacted me that maybe what we call progress is not these moments of punctuated, like a surge forward into human flourishing, but that the downside or the underside of history is that there is this ever growing accumulation of injury and atrocity mm -hmm. and disaster that piles up and that the angel is resisting it facing the past but that it's the storm is blowing in from paradise and it's what we call progress. And so uh, there's so many things there for me, but the big one that connected with me was this idea of paradise because uh, I come from a type of Christianity that says there was an Eden and then we fell. And I don't believe that anymore. I believe that we fractured in a broken relationship with God, nature and each other. Mm -hmm the divine but this idea of the fall has been a very powerful idea in history and so we have this expectation of a utopia that if we could just get back there things would be better right but as i watch history unfolding you know some technology is really great but it also increases exponentially the capacity for injury uh disaster holocaust yeah. In the case of, so I'm not convinced that a progress is always progress. What we call progress, we need to look at the shadow side of it as well. But also that there's no guarantee that just because things get bigger, they get better, and the greater capacity, whether it's the internet for uh, communication in, in inter communication or whatever it is. But like the nuclear bomb, right, mm -hmm. in one way was progress in that people didn't have to fight in the ways that were so trench warfare of the first world war was so 
hideous mm. and soul-crushing, but it also is a greater capacity for devastation. So Yeah, I guess progress is determined by which side of the bomb you're on, yes, right? Yes. So I think that there is a lighter side of progress on the sunny side, mm-hmm. but that also creates inherently a shadow side. And unless we account for that shadow side of who gets left out, who gets run over, who isn't accounted for, who's eliminated, who's injured, who's marginalized. Like, I don't mean to be a pessimist, but, you know, the more I learn about history and the more I learn about the current uh, climate that's happening in our globalized Mm -hmm. world, the more concerned I am with this uh, idealization of a utopian Right. Or, uh, uh, yeah. So we think, like, you know, Jeff Bezos has been in the news lately. <laughs> so um, but we think, like, Amazon is this, you know, yeah. this wonderful yeah. thing that we can just order anything in the world from. And it you comes get it two days that. later. Google is this wonderful search engine mm-hmm. and all these mm-hmm. other yes. perks that come with it, you know. All these uh, um, companies like this. In, in fact, they actually are making millions and perhaps billions of dollars by selling their metrics yeah. to different uh, salespeople, corporations, and government. Um, and so that, uh, you know, we, we will not have our First Amendment rights no. anymore um, if they're just allowed to go free reign. So we say, okay, with progress. So with every, mm-hmm. every move, quote-unquote, forward... forward. There is a danger, yes. and I think what we've we've come to believe—if you believe the myth of progress—you sort of forget about the danger yes. that, that it brings as well. I totally think that's true because even in the war on terror, you know, we all wanted to be safe, but we had to trade a little bit of our privacy in order to do that. So, with the Patriot Act, which is an amazingly named thing, <laughs> yeah, the they, Patriot Act, we became a surveillance society, and in order to be safe from the quote-unquote terrorists. We're each willing to sacrifice. Well, maybe not. We're not willing, but we lose more and more of our privacy. Again, it depends which side you're on. So, <laughs> if you're a uh, a Muslim in America, yeah. um, you know you're not getting the same benefits from yeah. that quote unquote yeah. progress because you might be, you know, uh, scurried out in a rendition in the middle yeah. of the night if anybody suspects you of anything. Yeah. So, um, it is not a. Uh, uh, something that is um, pr- progressive for all. Um, yeah. And I think whenever any of our rights are impinged, yeah. then we have to be concerned. So thank you for letting me tell you why I'm not a progressive, but I came with a question for you today. So one of the things I'm very leery of is that even uh, Christianity has an Eden story, mm-hmm. which is that the early church, right, was small and it was a little perfect and with Pentecost. But then, you know, Um, Some bad stuff happened, and then, you know, blah, 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 things got worse. But we have that same Eden idea about the early church as we do about, right, the Genesis story. Okay. So, but every time I go to really, um, really level a critique about that kind of thing, I always hold back a little bit because I am aware that in a post-colonial context... I want to make sure that I'm not doing the same thing, which is um, treating early American history, so mm-hmm. before the Europeans got here, early history as a primitive or an Eden thing that we want to return to. And 
I know that this is something that you have, I've heard you talk about, we've talked about it, but I always like to run things past you and say, how do we avoid the dangers, like I call them gutters on either side of the bowling alley? Mm -hmm. One is of reifying or celebrating the primitive Mm -hmm. native to the point like, you know, where we say, oh, if we could just live, you know, in that way or get back to that. Mm -hmm. So how... But we also don't want to be dismissive and say, um, well, what has been said so clearly throughout colonial history, which is that we're progressing past that primitive state. How do we avoid those two dangers on either side of the road? Because I know you have a more nuanced and complex view. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I've been accused of being complex or not, but uh, before... Um, I think uh, if we understand that we can't move forward without first looking back, um, but we realize that we are trying to move forward, right? So I'm not trying to duplicate what Uh, my ancestors did because I don't live in the same world that they lived in. But I may be trying to replicate their values um, the the things that they had um, that saw them through, and which to me I'm big on values, right? So um, I'm big on our indigenous values. Um, I'm big on our indigenous worldview. So, so for example, a lot of times when I speak, I will start off by saying, my goal here today, my agenda is to convert you to a more indigenous worldview. People automatically get that confused in a number of ways. They first of all think, I mean, it's okay for them to do cultural appropriation. <laughs> or, you know, they uh, say, oh, he's trying to take us back to some kind of primitive, idealistic world, right? Yeah. And that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the Western worldview, which is, I think, where these ideas of progress come from, um, is one which. Um, thinks it can move forward with the kinds of um, tools that it has been given, like dualism and hierarchy and all those kinds of things, and succeed. And I don't think those are any of those can succeed. So um, we have to look back, and all of everybody from the West was indigenous from somewhere at some point. Indigenous means to be the people of the land. I would add to that saying people from the land, people that come out of the land. Only with the values of the land, I think, are we able to to actually move forward. And so I have to look back to my ancestors to see what those things are, mm-hmm. what those values are. Respect, um, you know, generosity, hospitality, you know, all of those things that, that, that make us who we are as, like, indigenous people. Um, and... If I have that in mind, consensus, for example, we say consensus gives dignity to everyone. If I have those things in mind, then I move forward as sort of like a safety net, right? Because you don't break your values by doing whatever you're doing to progress. Um, so, so I have the safety net going forward with me to keep me out of the gutters. Um, and sometimes we find out, oh, we've, we've gone too far with something and, and they've broken our values, so now we have to change. We have to go back and we have to, to you know, uh, to make up for that. Does, it, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's really, I love the distinction between not trying to duplicate, 
because you know things some things have changed but trying to replicate aspects of that in values mm -hmm. that really I think is a helpful distinction yeah. I also like this idea of like consensus being an example that it gives dignity to everybody like that those are really helpful examples yeah so if, if I'm gonna um, for example um, uh, I, I've been one ceremony I've been leading for like 30 years is sweat lodge right uh -huh. So I know that I don't do sweat lodge in the same way as uh, the people who were doing it, you know, 300 years ago were doing it. Oh. Um, I don't use buffalo or deer hides, you know. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I, I Often we have mixed sweats where it's men and women together. They didn't do that. Okay. There's a lot of adaptations that have been done. Sure. And, um, and people drive to it and, you know, instead of jumping in the creek because we didn't maybe have a creek handy, they... They uh, wash off with the hose, you know, and um, uh, but uh, we still do the things uh, as best we can in the way that we can with the same values and in the same ways. And so things change. I mean, a number of social scientists, um, um, Rudolf Otto um, and, and others who have talked about what ceremony actually um, um does what was the performance of ceremony about and it is reliving the past but it's reliving it and substantiating it in the present so it means you, you don't have to duplicate it um, in order to continue to renew that huh. boy that is really good you know I um, I'm very aware that I even as a white person I do not value ceremony like mm -hmm. I'm just you know my spirituality isn't like, I'm not a very religious person. So all these things that I've inherited, say, as a Methodist, mm -hmm. um, that I, of all of the, if you were charted on a bell curve, I would be at the far left end of not valuing tradition. I just, I don't have yeah. that. Well, and ceremony doesn't, if ceremony isn't the religion, see, that's the difference. Because yeah. people will look at, like, religion and say, okay, well, what they do shows who they are. Ceremony is just a substantiation of the values. Yes. And uh, stories are a substantiation of the values. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, we, we do those things because they remind us mm -hmm. and they remind our children and they remind others. That, um, and they reinforce those values of what, yeah. what, what those things represent. Yeah. Right? So uh, I think that inside whether you're Catholic or Anglican or Methodist, if you have ceremony and ritual or liturgy or whatever you want to call it, I think that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. I just don't come from, I come from a, a tradition that doesn't do that, doesn't really value that stuff. And so I am a late adopter to that. And I know I'm always playing catch up with trying to appreciate it because it hasn't been part of my experience. Mm. So, but I'm very, I'm aware of it because I get to hang out with people for whom that stuff is deeply meaningful. Yeah. It's just not for me. And, uh, well, but, but for you, for example, um, and your denomination uh, puts quite a bit of emphasis on the Eucharist, right? Yeah. So, and, and, and baptism. Yeah, they love that stuff. And, um, so, so those are ceremonies of yes. kinds, right? But they're, they're Jewish ceremonies. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're ancient Jewish ceremonies yes. <laughs> that the church has adopted. Yeah. Um, but um, we, 
We, it's not such a big deal to us yeah. because we have our own kinds of ceremonies that, that are more meaningful to us in that sense. And uh, as a, uh, a Native person who um, is trying to live as traditional as I'm able to, um, I would not um, embarrass traditional people by saying I'm a traditionalist, mm-hmm. but um, trying my best uh, and, and a follower of Jesus, the Jesus way, um, I am um, able to uh, kind of move forward with that, with all those ceremonies, and see the richness of the Creator, who I call Jesus Creator, in all of those things. So uh, I see that in the sweat lodge. I see that in the in my eagle feathers and our smoke and all of the different ceremonies, the cedar fire, and, and so for me, I'm not saying that's how someone else has to see it, but for me, so so I don't feel like I need those two Jewish ceremonies mm-hmm. to to um, move me forward uh, in my um, understanding of my belief, I guess. Yeah. Say. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And probably down the road, you and I should do a an episode where we talk about different ceremonies or rituals and the meaning that they bring. Mm-hmm. Because I think people are very curious but they also, I mean, there's always the temptation. You and I have known some people who w- kind of wish they were native, mm-hmm. and so they come all the way over and adopt entirely yeah. n- native spirituality. And- which, which, without the values that go with those, is just ridiculous. Right. You know. But there are other people who still think that that looks very pagan, and so don't understand how people who are like doing what um, you and I have talked about and, and what Nate and Richard Twist and so many others were fighting against the, that stuff being labeled syncretistic. Well, it is syncretism. I don't but think a good kind. Yeah, there's no such thing as living in the world we live in and not being syncretistic. I mean, mm. um, modern Christianity is full of syncretism. Oh, so, touche. Yes. Yes, So, So it's not syncretism is uh, necessarily bad. It's yeah. just... To realize um, where where it is syncretistic okay. and to decide if that's something you want or not. So. so in the future, we can talk about ritual and ceremony and, and yeah. the, virtue, the values that it plays. Yeah, like I realize that we, you know one of the syncretisms of Christianity is going away, and and uh, because everybody has their Bibles on computers, right? Yeah. But they used to carry their Bibles around, yeah. and they had all these gold edges. Yeah. On, you know. Which is really kind of weird when you think about the values that go with gold and what's been done over gold. Oh, and, no. and, you know, um, it doesn't really make the words in that more precious, but it's still, you know, gold on those edges. Well, that's a symbol, and that's what I would call syncretism with oh, materialism. So, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, Jesus had a lot of things to say about mammon. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, thank you for tuning in. We would love to know your thoughts on the word progress or identifying as a progressive. Was this helpful? It, does it muddy the water? Um, what did you think? I'll post the link to the Walter Benjamin, the angel of history, uh, the allegory, to see what you think of that. We would love to hear your thoughts. What are the dangers of uh, romanticized, uh, primitive stuff? This is a conversation Randy and I have in various forms all the time, but we just wanted to let you listen in and get you involved in the conversation. Are we able to link to the um, painting that he was? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can, I can put that up too. Wonderful. Yeah. So, listeners, comment here, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, the website, 
we have, we have so many places that people can comment. So we try and keep track of them all, but we really love, and we're very, very uh, interested in what your thoughts are on this subject. Yeah, and we're not going to mess with your private life just because you sign up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. So thank you for listening to this episode. For Randy, I'm Bo. We'll see you in the next episode where we are talking about changing light bulbs and using a clothesline and why that's just not enough. Peace out. <laughs>